Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance. Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports. No more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with goldstar.com. Goldstar is in 26 cities around the country with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to goldstar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them Alana sent you. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Alana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Little known fact about my guest today, his first dream was to be a professional basketball player, but when he finished growing and was only five foot six inches, he realized that probably wasn't going to happen. Well, how lucky for us. Welcome extraordinary Broadway performer Daniel J. Watts to the podcast. A-OK. Hey everyone, my guest today is Daniel J. Watts. Daniel currently stars as Ike Turner in the Broadway musical Tina. Some of his other Broadway credits include Hamilton, In the Heights, and Memphis. Some of his TV credits include The Last OG, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Blindspot, Vinyl, The Deuce, The Good Wife, Blue Bloods, Odd Mom Out, The Night of, Boardwalk Empire, Broad City, and my personal favorite, Smash. On the other coast, which is L.A., if you live in New York, Daniel played Sammy Davis Jr. in L.A.'s Geffen Playhouse production of Lights Out, Nat King Cole, opposite the lovely Dooley Hill. Lovely. Um, So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Daniel Watts. Thank you for having me. That's really like, talk about a truncated bio. (laughs) That's what, that's the definition of truncated. That's cool. Look it up. <laughs> Truncated is Daniel J. Watts' bio as read by Alana Levine on Little Known Facts. Um, 
The thing about this podcast is it's such an incredible treat for me to get to kind of talk to people about all parts of their life, not just the kind of thing they're currently starring in. But I have to do things a little differently today because your performance is so fresh in my mind uh, as Ike Turner. And I think a lot about what it's like, I don't know, playing real people who lived, which you've done before, um, and playing someone who has a reputation uh, as one thing, or actually as many things. And what I thought was extraordinary, because people have an idea that they think they know Ike Turner, um, and history will paint him a certain way, Mm -hmm. but you have brought so much humanity and vulnerability and compassion uh, to a character that we think we knew. Uh, The writers have done a great job as well in terms of giving us context, not just abusive bad guy husband uh, to the great Tina Turner. So congratulations, not only on getting this part. Thank you. Rocking, singing, dancing the crap out of it every night. Uh, Thank you, you're sweet. Being handsome Uh, the whole time. uh, Thank you. Um, And then showing up today uh, before your show. My pleasure. So I just want to know... Um, because this has already been done. It was done in, in London, Germany? Uh-huh, yep. Um, but this is your first time. Yes. So have you come into sort of trains that have already left the station before in your life? Um, and do you like that where the map is sort of there and then you get to just plug yourself in? Or is it frustrating when something already has a little bit of it going and you have to kind of fit into the thing that already is there. You hit the nail on the head. It was Thank you. Know, you. I'm a great carpenter you, as well. You did it. Bam. <laughs> this is, you know, of the of of my truncated. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um this is one of the shows where I wasn't a part of the process before right. it coming here, you know. I've either done a reading or a table read or a workshop something. Yeah. You know, um so to be playing a lead, you know, in a in a show that's already done a lot of the had work. Had a life. Had a life before was I felt I was feeling underprepared yeah. coming in, you know, relative to what Adrian was bringing to the table. Yeah. Um, Adrian is the only one from London um, to be here. So all of us other than London are, other than Adrian are feeling the same thing. Which yeah. Is like, How do I, you know, fit Where into did, this? Yeah. By the way, Adrian, for friends at home, plays Tina. Yes. That's who we're talking about. And if you can't get to New York and you haven't seen it, just Google whatever you can find because it's really one of the greatest performances ever. It's fantastic. Agreed? It's like Adrian and Nkeki. You yeah. Know, and, Everybody. And Nkeki, Everybody. Yeah, everyone. And Nkeki also, uh, who does the matinees, co- uh, took she did it in London it. too. She did it in London too. So both of them are coming here with a you know amount of information and knowledge that a lot of us don't have. Yeah. So Thanks to, a lot. Thanks a lot. You know, so I tried to do as much as I could, you know, mm-hmm. which was um, I read Ike's autobiography. Um, I focused primarily on Ike, um, mostly just because I felt like that's what I needed to do. That's what um, Ike would do. That's what Ike would do. Ike would focus <laughs> what would on Ike do? So you didn't get to see it. You didn't go to London. I did go to London. You did. So, so did you saw it. I went, but I went to go see Adrian. Now, yeah. Adrian is one of my best friends. I've known him for 10 years. What? You know? Oh, yeah. So I went to go. I went to London, Paris, and Greece. Like I made like a trip of it, but I went to go see her in the show there. So Having no relationship yet to the part yourself. No, I, the most I had literally put myself on tape for the audition right before I left. Okay. Because the audition was while I was gone. All right. So um, I got Crazy. a call. Hey, do you want to audition for Ike Turner for Tina? I was like, what? You know, sure. And I knew that Adrian must have put my name in the hat. That's the only like, that's the only thing that makes sense. Um, 
But, you know, I put myself on tape and then I went. Like, I, yeah. I just left it at that. How did you guys know each other? We met during uh, The Wiz at City Center um, back in the, when Ashanti and Don Lewis. Don Lewis was also on the yeah. show. She did the show as well. So that was our, our first interaction with okay. each other. Um, and we just stayed really, really close ever since. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, it's really it's really not weird, but just it's how our paths always yeah, cross. Yeah, the always symmetry of play that. play catch up. So there's a safety that's totally. there. Totally. Especially when you're playing people who have a really rough relationship. Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, but also obviously close relationship. You know, love. something about there's a love there that yeah. you know, is quite understandable. Yeah. Um, so, so when you go see it, are you like, I wonder if I'm gonna get to do this had you heard any feedback yet or you sent it in and then you're off that was literally it like i i I sent it off um sent it off left and i sent it off a few days like i think the audition was like four or five days after i sent it right um and i saw the show probably two or three days after that and did you go oh damn i wish i could audition now that i see what the whole thing is or were Mm. you glad that you hadn't seen it so you weren't influenced by that actor's performance i was glad i I hadn't seen it um just so i knew that i was giving me as opposed to what i think and kavna kavna who's brotherly you know i we we've actually connected yeah you know like he's he's wonderful he played it he played it won the olivier I, I, i i really enjoyed his performance um but I knew the difference was that I'm from America. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to come to it with a whole, with a very different take and very sure. different understanding of, of certain things. Yeah. Um, so that was, so I did those things. So I saw the show. Um, I read the script when they sent it to me. Um, I went to Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is where Ike is from. Mm. Um, this is after I got it, obviously. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah. We're <laughs> not going to pay for that travel before we have yet. the job. Correct. <laughs> um, I went to Nutbush also. Um, well, I went to Memphis, and then by going to Memphis, I could go to Clarksdale and Nutbush yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. both equidistant away. Um, took my mom; it's great. Oh. Um, and uh, I listened to a lot of music that he listened to growing up. I just felt like it's important to ingest what he ingested, just so I get a sense of his mute, like what he was influenced by. Did you have any trepidation? We all think a lot. Listen, not that we're always in a position to choose jobs based on them ticking up off all the boxes we wish they do. Sure. Sometimes we just take jobs because we need insurance weeks. I mean, there's a million, pay our rent, right? right? All this stuff. Um, but you've been working a lot. You have found your place in this community. You are so beloved and respected. Uh-huh. Um, was there any part of you uh, that was trepidatious about playing someone who isn't always representing men in the best light? Absolutely. So how do you... How do you grapple with because you've brought so much humanity to it, but there's still the reality of what right. Tina's version right. of this relationship is Absolutely. and documentation of what it was. What do you do with that? I think it was two parts to it for yeah. me. The first part was that like, you know, I haven't given Ike Turner a second thought before. In your life. And you yeah. know, outside of what love got to do with it. Mm-hmm. Even then I'm thinking more about Lawrence Fishburne than I am thinking about Ike Turner. Um, Understandably, you know, I just he was amazing. I hadn't, he was amazing. I yeah. hadn't really thought about it. You know, yeah. Ike Turner walked past me. I might not know that it was Ike Turner. Um, so, but when I started, I got the script and I saw the scene where it talks about his father being, you know, killed by the right. white mob. And I was like, hmm, okay, didn't know that. Right. <laughs> that right. wasn't in the film. Um, I started to do that dive. Like, mm-hmm. what else does this guy go through? And apparently, he had been molested as a child. And you know, so then when I read, read the autobiography, it was more like, "Oh, this is a hurt person." Mm-hmm. Okay, a hurt, a people, hurt person hurt doing bad things. Hurt to people, other hurt people. people. Yeah, That's what they do. You know, and I've been in therapy for the last three years, so I understand. There's a quote by Hafiz, a poet, Hafiz, who says, um, 
you possess all the ingredients to turn your existence into a nightmare. Do not mix them. You know, and it seemed as Ike had done wow. that. Ike had mixed them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. He didn't have the tools. He didn't have the tools. You know, uh, he didn't have the know-how. He didn't have the knowledge. He, and he actually, he used the tools that he had, which was music. You know, he poured it into music. Talent. He didn't do any drugs or alcohol, at the, you know, at the time. It, that, right. That came later. Right. Um, you know, he, I think, whatever religion he might have had probably went out the window when his dad was, his dad was a pastor. So, where's God? Yeah. You know, I think music was, music was what he tried to put it into and then music wasn't enough. At a right. certain point, the demons just caught up. So, once I knew that, that gave me a little bit of peace, but it's still the fact that Ike Turner was... Ike Turner actually is a real person, and he actually did do physical damage, let alone emotional damage, mm-hmm. to someone who we hold dear. Right. You know, and a lot of people want to hold on to that narrative. Right. And so it's it's some it could be looked upon as a betrayal to try to portray anything other than right. what people you know want to believe. And he's not a villain that you love to hate. He's not right. a... No, <laughs> it's know, not a Disney he's not kind a Disney, of, right? He's not that. Yeah. He's not, he's not, um, and do you feel the audience? So what do you do with, like, I'm about to do a play and I feel like, I don't know, I was talking to someone and they were like, oh, did you get the part of like the annoying one? And I was like, like it killed me, like sure. annoying. Annoying. No, I don't know. I don't want to say, no. You know. <laughs> I mean, that might be how sure. other people, but like anything that's not like the hero of the story, sure. is... our egos are invested in that. And so I'm already like learning my lines thinking, well, I, that doesn't have to be annoying. I could play that line. Agreed. You know? And I think so... that, but I think that's the fun in it. You sure. Know, is it too, like too, that's what be, that's what I, helped me overcome this trepidation, which was which like, was... is the challenge is to, can I bring humanity to a person that is viewed as a monster and is and is it possible can i do it first for myself you know and after i did it for myself like, okay can i do it for anybody else because two things are important to me one tina's story is the Mm -hmm. first thing that's important to me tina's story and i don't believe i personally don't believe that tina would have stayed there for as long as she did if it were only brutal I believe that there was something... You don't think her damage, the way you say hurt creates hurt? Yes. You don't think abuse creates comfort with abuse? Yes, but I think there had to be something to hook her in the first place. Well, Some kind of charisma, some kind of charm, some kind of... And someone saying, you're talented and you're special, and I see that. Yep. I mean, we see in the show and in her, you know, the narrative she's presenting, Mm -hmm. which is she grew up in in a home where she didn't feel loved. And, and here, here's someone and, who is showing yeah. some semblance of it. You yeah, know, and shining it. a light on her talent and exactly. saying, I choose you. Exactly. So you have to see that. You have to, yeah, and it yeah, has yeah, to be yeah. believable. Yeah. Has, she, she, you have to believe that she believes it. And Adrian does that, forgetting the real sure. Tina Turner. Yes. Adrian, you know, you're both channeling these people in a way. It was really shocking. Yeah. You know, it, it was really astonishing the ways in which uh, you guys are your own unique, beautifully gifted performers, but channeling the yeah. spirits of these iconic people. Um, and I guess not to belabor it, if that's the word, but sort of like there is this palpable, almost tangible feeling in the audience of like, we don't like this guy anymore. And right. there's this, without spoiler alerts, there's a very specific moment in the show where yes, that happens. Absolutely. Um, and so how do you 
protect yourself from because this show's going to run a long time, yeah. and you're going to be like awarded in all sorts of ways oh, for your brilliance. How do you? What do you do with that part where like you're still a person with the vulnerabilities? Mm-hmm. You're not Ike Turner, right. but you're playing him. What do you do right. with the moment where you feel everyone? Gets very mad at you. Well, it, for me, it's I know it's I know it's not me. Right, mad up. You know, it's it's <laughs> no, it's you, Daniel. Right, you know, could you imagine like <laughs> I'm you know, here today. It's not it's not me because well, people. I do, of course, what I do understand is that people have a hard time wondering how does this person, if he's not this, do be this. That's right. You know, yeah, and so it's like, and that's the question that they're asking themselves when I come to bow. It's yeah. like. What how do we I, feel about what this? What am I applauding? We're applauding Who how brilliantly applauding? he did what he did. Right, what he did. But yeah. we're also applauding, can we talk about your voice? Oh, thank you. Let's really <laughs> talk about your voice. When did you realize and when did people in your life go, you sing better than anyone in this town and maybe the world. Like when, That's a, when I don't did know that, that anybody's ever said that. Well, I'm saying me, it right now. The truncated you. bio aside, oh, wow. I mean, seriously, you are, you're just an extraordinary performer. So Thank when you. did like, when did this become apparent oh, to you? Uh, performing? Yeah. I just know that I loved it when I got, I got bitten by the bug like most people. You know, I was going to be a basketball player until... <laughs> until, until you I realized, weren't. <laughs> until I realized I wasn't growing much past five, yeah. six. Um, it happens. It there happens. are five, six basketball players. That's what I thought I was going to be. Yep. I was going to be Muggsy Bugs, a, yep. uh, a Spud Webb. Like, that was me. There's enough of them out there to, like, dangle a yeah, carry in front of you. Was, Were you a great brilliant. player? No. Oh, so it wasn't just the height. <laughs> and that's what happened. That was not your talent. I was not a great player. Yeah. Um, uh, I had an energy. Um, I've, I've, I've told the story incorrectly, and my mother's finally corrected me. All right. Which Here's, is what's your mom's name? Artez. 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 Listen Why? to this. We're Artez, getting yeah. it right. So her... Grandmother. Okay. Um, I was I was young. I was I guess I was in like first grade, mm-hmm. and we were at her. Ha- nope, fourth grade. Here we go. Fourth Artez, grade. we're going to start this Let's again. Start this again. Fourth grade. Fourth <laughs> grade. I know this is the most nervous you've I'm ever so been getting this like, story right. To get it right. Because <laughs> in my head, we were at actually at my mother's aunt's house, and nope. it was a hat rack involved. No nope. hat rack. My aunt and uncle were there, and they had hats on. And then apparently there was a hat on the bed. But I kept taking the different hats and pretending to be different people based on the hat that I uh-huh. had. So my mom keyed in six on six years that. old, five, six, six years old. Well, fourth yeah. grade. So like, oh, fourth grade. I thought you said nine, first ten. grade. I did, and I had to correct it. That's the correction. Artez, when he was in fourth grade, he was at your mother's house, Grandmother. grandmother's, his yep. great-grandmother's correct. house, aunt's, uncle's, hats. Yep. Performance begins. Performance begins. By the way, guys, the kind of creep, like sound you're hearing moving, it's Daniel's wearing the most beautiful leather jacket I've ever seen. Who made that? Do you know? I have no idea. I found it at a sample cell. Yeah. And he got it. So when he moves, it's quite form fitting. And so it's like it's his second skin. So if you hear a whooshing, we'll take a photo so there's a visual to go along with this. But I just want you to understand what you're hearing. It's not like he doesn't have a weird. Like breathing? Could you imagine? No, I'm not wheezing. <laughs> this just just my jacket. Just, my jacket is wheezing. My jacket is like jacket. you could be a little bigger. Yeah. So oh. you're you're playing around and you're having fun. I'm having fun. And my mom picked up on it, um, but didn't know what to do with it. You yeah. Know? So it wasn't until years later, around 13, you know, and I'd been in chorus and choir and like you know. Did you sing around the house? Was there a lot of music really, in your house? I wasn't really the singer. Uh-huh. You know, I was just kind of like the actor, dancer, you know, wasn't really thinking about singing. 
Who um, were your heroes at that time? Oh, Sammy Davis Jr. has always been there. Who you then played, that's insane. Yeah, Sam's always been there. And All I don't right. even know how, fourth grade, again, fourth grade, a substitute teacher came and gave me, uh, he came the first day and we gave him the substitute teacher business. Worst job in the world, Worst I don't job. understand. Oh, we gave him the business. Yeah. And then the next day he came in and it was, I must have done something. He was like, I feel like you might like this guy. And gave me a cassette tape of Sammy Davis Jr.'s greatest hits. Now, I already knew who the guy was because he was in this Alice in Wonderland on some TV special version. He was the Caterpillar. Yeah. And he and I was like, I was just. What's that? What's that? Who's yeah. that? What's that? So I was already intrigued. So then he gave me this tape. I was like, I know this guy. Did you watch the American Masters, the PBS American Masters on yes. Sammy Davis Jr.? Yes. Just his story. Yes. I love those I love documentary, Absolutely. so it's like yeah. to deep dive, but that mm-hmm. was such a special one. Yeah, he hasn't been, he hasn't really been taking a look at like that in no. quite a while, you know. So, all of if it. If ever, honestly. All of it. Yeah. It's fascinating. He's, he's, that's my guy. So yeah. He's always, he's always been, he's number one. How funny that a substitute teacher gave you that. Okay. I don't believe in coincidences, really. Yeah. You know, it's kind of. I also have a lot of like caterpillar. I read the Celestine prophecy. I know that everything happens for a reason. It must. Right. I think it must. must. You know, it's part of the universe is doing something. Crazy. um, So he gives you that tape. And I don't know that I actually listened to it right away. You know, I think I just kept it. I I still have it. Plus, it's weird. It's weird. You know, here here you go, young fella. You know, because he's like, what's on the tape? He's definitely older, like, you know, easily, easily in the 60s. Right. I'm creeped out, but go on. There you go, young fella. You feel like you would like this, but, you know. So, oops, sorry, I'm making all the noises over here. Um, so, like, he was number one. Um, heroes at that point, you know, huge into like GI Joe, mm. you know. <laughs> and are um, you seeing? Wait, so you grew up in North, North and South Carolina. Carolina, Baltimore. are you seeing live theater? No, maybe you know. I'm sure my mom, my mom would take me to things, you know. But, but my, it's not like you don't have memories of like I saw Pippin when I was. No, yeah, no. I think I don't really remember. The first musical I remember going to see was, I think I was in high school mm-hmm. by then, you know. Um, and where was, like, if you were going into the city or a place where cultural things were happening, mm-hmm. if you went on a school trip yep. to a museum, where is that? Where do you guys go? Let's see. I remember Dis- there's a place called Discovery Place. Like, I was really more into science like, yeah. growing up. Like, it wasn't. Are like, you in a teeny town or a big suburb or what's your. So, uh, just both. So, um, there's the early years are like Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is just across the border from North Carolina, and okay. Charlotte is right there. And you have a lot of family. You mentioned all the my people here. All my mom's side of family. Your is people all are from Hill. there. They're from Rock Hill, South Carolina. My dad's side is Monroe, which is outside of Charlotte. Okay. You know? um, so that's really just like that border, that North Carolina, South Carolina border is really pretty much where I'm from. Okay. And then I spent about two years first. First through third, so three is first through third grade in Greenville, South Carolina. All right. Um, and what do your parents do for work? My mother is was a teacher. Okay. Um, of, uh, uh, she taught special ed for years. Um, in an she, elementary or high school or? She floated. She, okay. My mom was in a mental health institution for a while for like first through, well, before first grade, but I remember first through mm-hmm. third and then. Meaning work there. Work there. Mm-hmm. And then she moved, then she started teaching special ed at a high school. Fourth grade, fourth through like sixth grade, and then she came and taught at my school, the middle school, which I thought was going to be like, oh, I can do whatever I want. It was the opposite. Right. It was the worst experience of my I life. I wonder about um, that. Oh, it was horrible. I mean, it was great, but it was horrible. You yeah, know, like I all eyes away, on you. All eyes on me. Now, you know, I'm Miss Watson now, as opposed to little Daniel. Were you a good student? Yes and no. 
you know, I had I was, that was those these are the act out years. These are the years where I'm like pushing the envelope. My parents had split when I was three. Okay. So you know So you don't remember a time ever of them being together uh-huh, or uh-huh. uh huh. So dad is and dad is in and out, uh-huh. you know, figuring himself out and in and out in a way that was I was absolutely affected by it. Mm-hmm. And was pushing the envelope. What can I get away with? Yeah. With this single mom who yeah. and I'm an only child. So I'm not spoiled by any stretch of the imagination, but it is only me. So mm-hmm. like all of the love is coming directly at me, but you know, it's Were you super close? Oh, that's my best friend. My mom yeah. my mom is my bestie. You know, but I'm I was also a latchkey kid. So mm-hmm. like when she was teaching the high school, I would take the bus home and I would be home by myself for a three or four hours. And were you getting into trouble? Like hmm. real trouble? Not or? real trouble. No, yeah. no. Like I was never that kid. I was never a trouble kid because my mother kept me under a pretty tight leash, you know. And you respected her. Absolutely. What you she know, said I meant respected, something yeah. to you. Oh, I, the fear. The fear of, you, you know, did. whatever. Consequence was, there might be. Yeah, death. <laughs> I fear death. You know, like, and not that I was so beaten. that's the key. You know, it was just, I just, that's I the res- key. It's the key. I respected my mother's ability to well, she was my friend. You know what I mean? It was more of that. Like, that's mm-hmm. my, and not that we were worried about blurring those lines, but she was always the one who was always there. Yeah. So, versus my dad, who wasn't. Right. You know, so if I am if I got in trouble, it was mostly at my dad's house. My dad's house is where I would, like, do stuff to act out. I would, like, cut the blinds, or I would, like, accidentally light the carpet on fire. Sure. Or, you know, those things. Just regular, regular, no big deal. kid stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know? arson, arson. A little light arson. I'm, you know, I'm a boy. Yeah. You know, boys do boy stuff. Also curious. Like, what happens if I light the carpeting on fire? Do we need all the blinds? Do we? And, you know, it's also like, what can I get away with? That was always, it was always the what can I? Like, I'm sure you're mad at him. I'm mad at him. Yeah, where you at? You know? Yeah. Because, you know, I remember those times specifically was like, he was at work. So I'm at home, again, by myself, Mm -hmm. you know, spending time by myself. I'm here to be with you and you're Mm -hmm. not here. You know, that stuff. But he taught it. He taught him a nursing to answer that other question. He was um, a physical therapist in a way that he would work in um, nursing homes. Okay. I would administer for physical therapy. So the last thing I wanted to do was go to work with him. Yeah. Sit at the nursing home with old people all day. I, know. I mean. I mean, I know you'll come visit me when I'm there. Absolutely. But I, I get it now. But then at like, that age and the old people I don't know, it was just. I know. So, so do you start singing in like school shows? Yeah, choir. Chorus yeah. And choir, you know. And, I and always, are people telling you you're really good? Uh, not necessarily. I was a bit. I was Am I the bit. first? You're kind of <laughs> the first to really like, you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> you yeah. know, but it's also like I've been like, Ike, I get, Ike sings in a way that I think I can sing well mm-hmm. versus like trying to do what other people do. Right. And Ike, Sammy Davis Jr. Just ways in right. which you can play with your I voice. I can play with my voice. Ike, you know, Sammy is in back in the throat yeah. in a way and lifts in a way that isn't so is, conventional. Was dancing your way in first? Dancing was definitely my way in first. Yeah. Yeah. You could move. I can move well. And then it was like, oh. Did it? you do gymnastics? I took gymnastics. I could tumble. Yeah. Right. That was the other thing. I could okay. tumble. So I could, I could flip. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. So that's how I got in. And then acting kind of, I always wanted to act. And thankfully, I went to Elon University. And the music theater department is really focused, acting central. Great. As opposed to music and dance central. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's Stanislavski, Boleslavski, Meisner. Um, You're learning you know, all the I'm skis. All the skis. Yeah. 
and then we're also focusing on how to act a song, how to. So by the time you got to college, yeah. you were you were like, I want to do this. Well, it's what I had been doing. You yeah. know, like it professionally was, in high school or just just in... uh, just a lot of community theater. Okay. And, and actually, dance took over the la- the latter the two years in high school. The latter two years, like I'd done a lot of like musicals from say freshman year to, and by a lot I mean. To, to a year, <laughs> well, but at that point, that was a lot for me. Yeah. and I, I, you know, I was a huge Mary Poppins fan. Huge, and by Mary Poppins, I mean Dick Van Dyke. Huge Dick Van Dyke fan. That movie, that, that cast recording, yep. Dick Van Dyke. Dick yeah, Van Dyke. That's the other one. Him, Michael Jackson. There's, those are the main three at that time. Dick Van Dyke, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and you know, Chimney Sweep and Mary Poppins. Like those, those I gravitated towards that. I was uh-huh. always jumping all over the couches. Uh-huh. That seemed um, really fun. Yeah, it was. It seemed fun. It was, and I could do it by myself. You know. And and in your high school or in your town, is there like judgment if you're are the jocks like you're doing a play, dude? Absolutely. Like so I was had, like I was yeah. both playing soccer and wrestling. So you were one not. of the guys who could do both. Yes. Well, but when I did it, it was everyone was squinty eyed, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, I had certain allowances as an only child. I don't have anybody to live up to. I don't mm-hmm. have an older brother or yep. a younger brother to just kind of. You. It's just me. So I could kind of. I had. I feel like I had. Looking back, I feel like I had a freedom that other people didn't have. Did other you than have peer pressure? Other friends who were being raised by a single parent, or did you feel like you were in a a smaller club? I felt like I was in a smaller club until senior year, and then me and a, a really cl- a, a guy named Richard got close because his he similar situations, and we we kind of been orbiting around each other, um, and mainly because of our schedules. Mm-hmm. You know, the school schedule is what yep. it is. Um, but we ended up moving really close to each other our senior year, and we we ended up going on a grad trip. It was sorry, a grad trip, grad week after the week after we graduated. We ended up bonding at the beach mm-hmm. somehow. It's it just one yeah. of those things, and then that's how our relationship kind of began. Yeah. Um, but that was the first time I really felt that close to somebody. Like you could talk about I it. Could really talk about it, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that and actually the guy who taught me how to tap, Jason Janis. Um, his he was in a single parent home, and that was sophomore year and sophomore year, junior year of high school, and then he graduated. So he was a year older than me. So it was kind of I had it, and then I didn't have it. To a non dancer, yeah. and maybe to a dancer. I mean, tapping seems to me like the most fun thing, hard, sure, and exhausting. Is it as fun as I think it is? Yes, yes, and no. You know, it's the older I get. The, the older more, your feet get, the older my feet get, you know, but I, I understand rhythm more yeah, and I understand pace and time, you know, I just, it's, it's, but I also understand what technique is that I, and I didn't understand that growing Were up. Were you watching Saving Lover? Were you like, yeah. I mean, doing all the things, you yeah. know, doing all the things, but not really, I didn't, I didn't understand technique like I understand it now. So I was just making sounds, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until, and I, I went to a college that had a great tap teacher as well. So they had to like, I had to like, re, like. Get rid of what you knew and get rid start of what again I knew and start little. again, you know, because I was I, I started in competition. So oh. because I was the only guy and I was good, like yeah. I was picking up quick enough. But like you were I a was, natural. I was a natural, but I was missing steps. Like I was skipping. There were certain steps that were being skipped because I had to learn very intricate choreography before I really knew the mechanics of said choreography. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. So that's my whole life. <laughs> what you just described. <laughs> Like just I'm catching up. I'm, I'm starting kind of throwing, over. Throwing the fire. It looked good. It sounded good, and then I'm like missing twenty steps. Missing twenty steps. You know. Yeah. So like that was yeah. So 
Yes, like it was all the fun in the world until I realized I was missing all the stuff, right. and then it became work. Yeah. So it's go. It's now it's back and forth between like uh, this. I could do that better. But yeah. I'm not gonna work on it. Well, somehow from that, like when I read your like in the Heights, Hamilton, like you're starring in in Tina, like somehow a big leap was made from Elon to yeah. Broadway. Yeah. How did that bridge? happen like i'm going to go to this school and it has a musical theater department i'm studying acting with all the russian greats and i'm competing and like did you were you ambitious as a younger person did you have this dream were you willing to say it out loud no i didn't know that i wanted to do this until probably junior year of mm-hmm. high school you know and, and high about- school or college High school that you would go to college. That I would go to keep, college for it. Yeah, you know, just because it seemed like a reality. Like I was wrestling and I was playing soccer, but I was like, I'm not going to go to college. And I'm not going to be a professional soccer player. Right, wrestling. You, unless you're going to the Olympics, and I'm not doing right. that. You know, this other thing that I've been doing seems more solid, probable. More probable. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I'll become a psych major. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and in college, I started to find me. Where is Elon? North Carolina, uh, in between Durham and Greensboro. Okay, um, I started to find myself in a way that I was I was recognizing, I was expressing myself, you know, in a way that felt freer, and I started writing more. And and are you writing songs? And are you or are you I'm writing? Mostly just writing poetry, like thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. but like you know. And I realized I started then I started taking poetry classes that actually helped me find structure in my writing and I realized that I was like covering everything in metaphor. Mm-hmm. I was drowning it in metaphor mm-hmm. because I was still hiding. You know, I was like, I want I have feel a certain way, but if someone were to find what I'm reading, writing, I don't want them to know exactly what it is. So I'm like, you know, it's yeah. it's all over the place. It's all symbolism. It's all symbolism. Yeah. And then I took a poetry class that broke that down for me. Mm. You know, so and then then I felt I I knew then that I wanted to do performance art, and it was freshman year of college. Here we go. I'm finding it. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Freshman year of college, I saw John Leguizamo's Freak on HBO, and that was like, I want to do that. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what he just did, but I want to do that. Break down how I grew up, where I came from, and still didn't know how to do it. But right, but tell I that want, story. But I want to do that. And then I started really focusing on John Guizamo and his career, and I was like, I, him, that he, his ability to transform and do character work. And Have you met him? N- yes and no. Not like Not like that. Like, not like, like that. you haven't told him that. No. Yeah. I haven't told him that. But John? I would love to tell him that. Yeah. He's yeah. one of my, yeah. Yeah, John Guizamo was definitely like one of my biggest, like, latter year yeah. inspirations. And like, what's possible? Absolutely, yeah. Wow, thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks, thanks, John Leguizamo, yeah. um, whose name I say always very quickly because I'm never sure exactly sure. how to say it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he always, you know, he bastardizes it in, uh, you know, in his show. He's like, mm-hmm. someone says, like, you know, John Leguizamo. It's always it cracks me up. But, yeah, so you're in good company. So you're writing. And you're doing shows in school. Yeah. Are you getting cast well in college? Are you feeling like they appreciate you? Yes, and yes, you know, but it's it is primarily for like the the song and dance kind of stuff, but not like leads. Like yeah. I'm always in the ensemble. Yeah, you know. But for me, it was all practice. You know, I I don't know that I really believed in my ability to be a lead leading person 
leading man, leading whatever you want to call it, until later. You know, I really leading just human. Work. Leading human. Yeah, we'll call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I really believed in that, or, or like just going back to the singing thing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a, my. I didn't feel it was my strongest suit, and it wasn't anything that I really cared about pursuing. You know, until. I realized that I needed it. <laughs> if you, you know, were going to be in shows and dance, show, often exactly. there's very few musicals where you're not asked to also, also vocalize. Sing, you know, and well, I had a t- I had actually had a, uh, a a director tell me it was like it's wonderful that you can dance the way you can because you don't sing well. So you know, and I was like, thanks. But it, it lit a fire. Like yeah. I'm so appreciative that he said that to me because I was like, oh, oh, I need this. I need to do these things. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they weren't mandatory. Right. You but know? I need to do all the things I need to do if all I want to succeed. Right. Well, at some point in the, it, there's this, um, I don't know, the cabinet as they call them, right? There's like Tommy Kale and Lin-Manuel and Andy sure. Blankmuller. Like you're in their orbit. Yeah. And you have worked with them multiple times. Yeah. So from you need to know how to sing too to those shows yeah how, like how did you become part of a group of people that they wanted to work with repeatedly I think it started with, it had to start with Andy definitely started with Andy um which is the dance side you okay know. um I your comfort zone my comfort course. zone yeah I went in for I was in callbacks for the color purple on Broadway and in the heights when it was going off Broadway at the same time. Okay. And I got cut from In the Heights and Andy came over and was like, you did a wonderful job. You know, we're still figuring things out, but just... And you didn't know him. He just was no, no, being but yeah, kind. Yeah, he was just being kind. I mean, know? I don't mean he was just being kind. No, he meant it, but he, he took the time to do he that. He took the time. As I was leaving, like, he saw something it just wasn't right for what How old are you on. at that this time-ish? Is 20, let's see. This is 2006. So... 13. 24. Here we go. <laughs> I was 13 years old. Could you imagine? Yeah. 24. Yeah. And and I left, I literally left Andy and went to my phone and I had two phone calls from Telsey and the voicemail saying that I had booked the color purple. So it was this weird like. You got to be in that. <laughs> you got to do that show. And I mean, talk about the women that you have been. Beautiful. In support of and in concert with and partnering with and that's I mean when I think of Adrian and Tina and sure. Cynthia Rivo in the color purple yeah the first one though so Lashans oh Lashans I'm yeah. sorry yeah. I'm oh my God we're talking LaShawn's, then yeah Lashans and Felicia also yeah. mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that again when I think of Adrian Warren sure. and Lashans absolutely and on and on and on in terms of the people you've been able to. Um, collaborate yeah, with in that oh, way super lucky. when you say telsey called you in the world of like most people listening to this show have some insight into how the business of it works yes usually at a certain point you're getting calls directly from the casting director because you don't have an agent yet correct so at that time <laughs> what you're telling us mm-hmm. you're signaling is you were still like getting voice messages from the casting director Absolutely. going to open calls yep. backstage yep. like who are you developing a community yeah, like well, I moved. I How'd moved, you get here? Well, that's what happened. Where are you living? I think that's what happened. Yeah. So, I, you know, I moved here. And where's your southern accent? It is gone. Gone. Well, um, they beat it out I, of I, you. I kind of turned it off. Well, because I tried to get so much of it every night, I kind of yeah try to like let it go a little bit. But did you um, work on that in school? I had to work on that in school okay. because I was super country. I mean, you could you know? be from Connecticut right now. You yeah, could be yeah. anywhere. I was super country in school. Okay. So they, you know, oh. they worked on uh, Richard Gay, incredible dialect. Okay. Um, coach and actor. Um, yeah, he was like, "Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna like, do we're this. get this out of you." Um, just, just not so much get it out of you. Know like how to, James Earl Jones, all of a sudden. Uh, Richard Gaines, Richard. Uh, <laughs> anyone from Elon will laugh when I do the Richard Gaines yes. voice. Um, he, 
he you know taught me how to he's like don't get rid of it just know when to you get to choose I get, you get to choose okay you know? and so I moved to I moved to New York in January of 2006 because my best friend one of my best friends from college was like hey I know you want to move to New York and I'm thinking about going to culinary school my grandmother owned her brownstone and when she passed away she left it to the family so it's just up there collecting dust I think I'm going to move up there you want to come with me and I was like, I don't have any money, bro. Yeah. Like, what's the rent? He was like, Oh, you stay with me for free. I like it. How I'll generous. be there directly. How- generous. <laughs> So, so sweet. Where was the brownstone? Brownstone's in Brooklyn. Had in you ever Stye. been to New York before? Uh, yes, the, for, w- with the dance group. Okay. Um, when I came the first time, my freshman senior year in, in high school. Okay. Um, and one other time with uh for summer stock. Like, Did you like it? I loved it. Like I, I knew. I knew it, immediately. You were not afraid of it. I knew immediately. I was like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. All this speed. Oh, and wow. It's just a little bit dirty. You know, I like it. Okay. I don't know what I like, but I like it. Yeah. Um. But I had, by that time, I had developed a community because I had done so much regional theater that I knew people who lived in New York. So while you're in college, you're starting to do regional stuff. I'm doing regional stuff. And even after I graduated, like I graduated in 04 and then I spent a year and a half like doing the regional thing. So you got work right away. Yeah. I I was, I did, there was like SETCs. Like I was always calling Mm -hmm. theaters to see like what they had available, how how I could audition. Um, And... Yeah, it, it it would you know you would go to the, like these big cattle call auditions and you would book two or three jobs. Out but of that, you had encouragement. Had encouragement, yeah, right. Like I did, it wasn't a crazy idea. Strangers and and who were not your grandmother or your great grandmother were or your mom. Yeah, were like, we want you to be in our show. Why don't you do it. We don't want you want to. We don't know what we don't know what we want you to do. But we want. But you. when you and when did you? How did you get your equity card? Equity card came the second time I worked at the Hangar Theater. So okay. when I moved to New York, yep. right before I moved in January of '06 in. September of 05, I worked at the Hangar Theater doing The Wiz. Again, there's The Wiz again. And they asked me back a year, right before a year. By November, they already knew they wanted me to come back to Fred Barney Bitarker in the next season. That's and so they awesome. They offered me my equity card. Wow. So I was like, okay, cool. So, That's an exciting day. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. So I moved to here. I moved in January. I knew Best that die. I was going to do, I was going to leave. It was in January. I knew in February I was going to Atlanta to do Jelly's Last Jam. And then I was going back to this theater in Virginia that I worked at a lot um, called Heritage Repertory Theater to do South Pacific. And then I was going to go do. And are um, these ensemble parts? All ensemble parts. Uh huh. Always. Always ensemble parts except Barnaby Tucker in Hello Dolly. So first time playing a principal, first time, eh, not totally true. Uh, cause I played Fred in Smokey Joe's Cafe. Okay. And Andy Lee in 42nd Street. Okay. So you're getting a taste of like, uh, yes, standing in the front. Okay. Sometimes, right. you know, generally ensemble like pieces, yep. pieces, you know, um, but that was the first time. And while I was doing, while I was doing, uh, Hello Dolly, we came back to the city on a day off, ran into a guy named James Brown, the third, who was in the color purple at the time. Okay. He was with a guy named Dell, who I worked with in Jelly's Last Jam. Okay. I'm with a guy named Dennis, who had worked with both of them. At some I want to do time. like a dramatization. It's, I know, right? It's, I want to do like a cartoon. <laughs> Dennis of it. and Dell. Dennis and Dell and James, right? Yeah. And jo- the third. The third. And jokingly, not jokingly, uh. but jokingly, I look at James and say, hey, when are you leaving the color purple? I want your job. Had you seen it? I'd seen it. It's the first thing. I moved to New York and saw The Color Purple that night. Wow. So, and it was one of those like, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Can you know, I because do that? can I yeah. do that? Because, and is it time for me to do that? Because also going back to that 
previous November, I was doing a show called Pompeii the Musical, which was like the Broadway-bound Pompeii the Musical. Okay. And one of the uh, fellow actors was 45, had made his Broadway debut at 45. So I wrapped my head around that. Oh, oh I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll just work and work and work and work. That's funny. Like that's uh, that's the story you chose later, for yourself. A right. A year later, I was on Broadway. Right. So he gave my information to... He he asked. He was like, "Can you tumble? Because you needed to tumble." Yeah, I can. African. Scene. Can I tumble? Can I tumble? I can. I sure can. Yeah. And he gave my information to the dance captain. Passed it on when I came back from the hangar. I had an audition, and it literally was. I was auditioning for that while auditioning for it in the Heights. Like I went to the open call, got called yep. back. Like it was, just, and it just, that's the beginning. And that's the beginning. And now your community is forming. It's crazy, right? Yeah. You have friends. I have friends. You um, kind of know how to do it. Where do yeah. you hang out? Like, what were the where were the places you were? Well, did you have? Where did well, you go? I was, you know, commuting back and forth from Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, well, being in color purple kind of like gave me the. There was a place called the Whiskey Room, uh-huh. which is the W Hotel. It's downstairs. Mm-hmm. It's not there. It's the. It's a, it was. It was there. Yeah. And we would go there every Sunday and dance. So when you think Sunday. about uh, the great Lachance, yes, are there things? That you took from, I mean, there were so many brilliant people in that mm-hmm. show, but if you look at the the number one on the call sure, sheet, the absolutely. center of the show, yeah. her story, w- what are things in watching her work that maybe you took with you, aside from just her brilliance as a, a channeler of, of character, are there ways in which... It was or lessons? Kind of all of it. You know, yeah. watching her man, she has two little girls, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and she did at the time. At the time, yeah. yeah. She at the time she had you know two little girls w- whose father they had lost at nine eleven, you know. So she's one of those, and <laughs> and wow. she's playing this. And this role. is just a few years later, right? This, this is all right. That was oh one. This is oh four six six. Yeah, so six. Right. Um, and she's you know she's playing this role, and this role is a character that she found this idea that that Celie's voice would be husky because she hadn't really used her voice mm-hmm. in 15 years or so. Yeah. So the first time she really talks, it it wouldn't be warm. It wouldn't. Yep. So now she's she's found this character. She's also I'm pretty sure at that time in her 40s playing a 15 year old. Yep. Believably, yep, you know yep. she's doing so many things and yep. also singing like you know she's doing all the things. Yeah. So to watch her take command of all that, but also be so gracious, like my my debut the first time I was on um, she couldn't find I was on for the matinee and she couldn't find me she didn't know where I was uh-huh. and then she found me for the evening show which <laughs> you were in the bathroom like I do was, I leave no, no, do no, I go she, home was, she just didn't know where I was in the, in the, in the, in the line yeah. so and what happens my mom actually ended up being there for the evening show my mom and my girlfriend at the time um, were at the evening show and she knew where I was and she like brought me like she acknowledged me and like gave me a moment like just Generous. to do all of that to yeah. be just to, to be, be the, cognizant, to be of, cognizant that. Yeah. of it to be in the position that she was in you know again she's got two at home you know <laughs> she's doing the most and so you knew you were going you knew it was your debut and your mom came in no so i i was a vacation swing so oh. I, I didn't know when i was going on and it was my last week weekend there and they were they had decided they were going to let me go on for the matinee okay um and the night before and Somebody else called out that day. So who I was going to go on for, we ended up having to abort that mission, and they put me on for this Best other person. Best plans. And my mom knew. My mom just, she was like, you're going to be on again for the evening show. So she bought a ticket. Didn't tell me. My mom just bought a ticket. She did her own whim thing, right? I was like, hey, mom, going on. Didn't realize, um, you know, what was going on. Last minute, I'm going on. 
I go do the show. I get a phone call. Hey, did you get me a ticket for what? The evening show. Why? I'm here. What? Oh, my like, God. So I'm getting misty out thinking about it. Yeah. So she came up. You know, I, was like, I need my mom needs a ticket. Um, And then she was there for the evening show. So it was it was amazing. Right. And then ah, it's so funny just to think about it, just to go back, just to remember all of it, you know, because in the midst of that, I'm auditioning for The Little Mermaid, which would be my next show. Yeah. And then Andy is looking for me because they're looking for swings for In the Heights off Broadway. You know, it's just like, you know, and that's kind of how I I just me and Andy just kind of stayed in touch. Um, and when you think about Karen Oliva was just here yeah, actually and, yeah. and Mandy Gonzalez so mm-hmm. many of the, 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 the unbelievable people from that show um, and and then you walk into Hamilton yeah. at some point yep. um, which continues to be really one of the most you know that's it like as history as we look at our history sure. um What's it like to walk into the thing we've all seen, we sing, we love it? What's it like to be in it? It's tricky. It's yeah. both, you know. Um, it, Had you seen it? I was in the original workshop mm-hmm. before it went off Broadway. So then you're like, oh, great. So I'm part of it. And then yeah. I chose not to go forward with it for off Broadway. You're like, I don't think it's very good. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> it was but it was the time I had finally done enough ensemble yeah. for my spirit. You wanted, a, you wanted to I wanted to have a character that people understood the I, arc of that I wanted character. To do more, right? Yeah. So I chose not to go forward with it and then I went I did a play at um, second stage called World Inside a Loop. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, I did a show called Vinyl, a TV show called Vinyl where I played a character named Hannibal and the show closed our show was closing and some Thane got hurt. Um who plays um, the farmer refuted uh, uh, Seabury, Samuel Seabury. And because I had done the workshop, they were like, we need somebody and we need somebody quick. Right. Call Daniel. He, he at least has it? the information. Will he do it? And I was like, I'll do that. Yeah. Sure. So that's how I got back in. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where like, I, I came in with fresh legs. Like I didn't do the leg work of off Broadway. You didn't have <laughs> you to know, do that heavy lifting. That heavy lifting. Yeah. Like it was figured out. It was, yeah. it was all figured out. So I kind of just got to like slide in in a way, but don't get it twisted. I didn't slide because Hamilton is still Hamilton. It's intricate and complex and between the harmonies and the music. And it was also a different part than what I was originally doing. Right. You know, so it, it still came with its its complexities. Um, it, were you scared? Um, not scared because it's family. Like I, I just knew the people, but it was just, you know, it was, it was, I was on the fast track. It was like, we got to get this, we got to get you up and we got to get you ready for the show. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it was so much hype, wonderful, real hype. Like, correct hype but it started to feel like working at disney world Mm -hmm. in a way that's like you're very excited about this being here but you're riding rides and going through other things i'm at work yep you know what i mean um did you have feelings about i mean the plays you mentioned that you did were extraordinary pieces of art that that live in people's memories and really resonated in 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 the theater community. Sure. Um, so incredible choices for you and did allow you to be seen in this whole new way. Mm-hmm. Um, but was there a part of you when it became literally as famous as Disney? Yeah. Um, and let's look at that in like a positive way. Sure. Were you wondering if you made the right decision? I knew I made the right decision. Okay. Because, you know, because I was only, I was only Seabury for three, for three months. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had recently, because I had moved, quote unquote, these are air quotes, having, yeah. moved to L.A. 
And then and did a lot of work. And I was in L.A. only to get whisked back yeah. to the world inside a loop. And, yeah. And then you, and all the TV shows or most of your TV shows ended up being here. All here. Right. So, <laughs> but you had to go Everything to L.A. Said, for that I had to, to go happen. to L.A. apparently. You know. Yeah. So, you know, I I was staying with uh, one of my uh fellow actors Derek Baskin one of my best friends who when we were doing World Inside a Loop and it was time for me to get my own apartment and I knew Hamilton was going to afford me that opportunity to like really do it so yeah. I was like oh I need to pay my rent yeah. and I'm totally fine with that and I knew in order to do that I had to be a swing in mm-hmm. Hamilton which wasn't the I didn't want to be a swing really but I was willing to be a swing because I had responsibilities yeah. and this show's not going anywhere it was a great vehicle and it's also you know simultaneously while you know it feels like working at disney all of our heroes are coming to the show every night every night yeah and it doesn't matter how long it runs it continues to have happening special people and it's also doing this thing that you know you want theater to do is bridging gaps it's you know generations are coming close like it's all the school groups all those all the ham you know all the uh eduham all it's doing all of the things that you want to do so it's it was both like it was a lot of work but you know, Prince throw threw us a party where he DJed his him singing live to his own hits, and then he a month later he passed away. So like, it's How that you, you know. I grew up like I think when I geeked out the most when Fred Savage came to the show just because I grew up on the Wonder Years. You know, I was like Fred Savage is here, y'all. Right. You know? But that's the fun. And he's everyone out has I'm in Hamilton, right? Like you know? everyone <laughs> has these people. That it's so random. Right. Like that's the one. Right. Yep. That's the one. Fred Savage. When I think back, Obama was cool, but did you know Fred Savage came? Fred Savage came. You know, Obama, that, that moment. Like I, because Obama came when it was off Broadway. So I just knew I was never going to meet Obama. Right. And then he came back and then invited us to the White House. So I have that, like, I have those experiences. So you were part, you were in it when those things are happening. Yeah, I was there. I was there He was still president. Still president. You got to be in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. When Obama was president. Obama was saying, was doing one last time, yeah. all of that. I, You know, I got all of that. Like, I get both of them. So that's what I say. It's both. Like, Were you still in it when Pence came? No. Mm-hmm. I was gone by then. just in I time. just in time. New administration, <laughs> you're out. I was like, I'm gone. You know, yeah. I was doing Death of the Last Black Man, um, which had a whole, it took a whole on different meaning once, you know. Yeah. You know, once 2016. <laughs> Do you still write poetry? Of course. Yeah. And do you perform it? Yes, I have a show called The Jam. That What's that? Jam. Oh, The Jam is my yes. baby. That's why you're here that's, today. Is why I'm That's here. why the PR why people put this on oh, your calendar. Gosh. Tell me about that before I have to sadly leave you to leave. 20 How much other time things. do I have? Be honest. Um, I'll tell you. What time do you have to leave here? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm fine, but it's up to you. You have plenty of time because it's only 3 o'clock. Oh, great. Here yeah. we go. I'm going to give you the cliff notes. Okay. Though. The Jam is based on my great-grandmother, the same great-grandmother whose house I was she in. She really features prominently she in features this prominently interview today. today. Yeah, she does. Can we give her a name? Her name is Theodosia. What? Get into it. I'm, there are no coincidences. You didn't <laughs> tell Lynn? I did. Lynn knows. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I no, no, no. Have, and have, and you I don't think you aunt. told Lynn during no. In the Heights? No. You think this is all... I for, definitely didn't tell him during In the Heights. Because remember, like, you'd get so wasted. <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no. Is that name a name that I just wasn't aware of until that show? Probably. Yeah, it's pretty common. It's a very common name. Yeah, because I have, I have this... Three Theodosia. of them. <laughs> I have two Theodosias in my family. You okay. Know, right. Um, okay. I mean, obviously, it's a. Re- I mean, it was actually, of course, that was Burr's real yes. daughter's name. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Burr was real. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that you told him, yep. even though I want to create that fantasy sure. in my it's, head. No, I was like, you know, because 
Again, I say I have the original I'm Theodosia. I'm a dumb dumb. Okay. <laughs> I have the Go original on. Theodosius. Um, and you know, I went to Greece and they freaked out when they found out my great grandmother's name was Theodosia. You know, Amazing. It's Greek. But, um, on she, the Tina tour. She, on your pre Tina Tina tour. Correct. Yes. So I, you know, it was, was like, nothing is nothing so is crazy. Cool. It's a lot. Everything now is I'm mad. Man. We're canceling live at five. You're staying. I'll You're stay. Here. I'm here. Like, You're it's fine. In. I have so much time. We'll get some food. We'll um, call I'm it's down. I got this water. Um, <laughs> I'm I so generous. This. Can I talk about this little match? I'm going to talk about this matchbox in okay. conjunction with the jam. In two okay, seconds. awesome. Um, so, so the jam. She mother is what we call her. Okay. Um, mother used to make jam from scratch. You can't make it a jar at a time. You have to make it in bulk. So she would make a jar for herself and give the rest away. So I've been writing. You know, I, I if I from clear. From my memory, mostly my original writings had to do with some kind of feeling about my dad not being around. Mm -hmm. So, and that's where I would write from. I would used to write generally from a relative place of pain. Okay. Um, and over time, I realized, but then you know that was the beginnings. Like it started to branch out of like you know my observations of things. Like generally, I'm looking to see if something is a poem. Okay. (laughs) Like okay, a poem. Yeah. Um. And I realized I just had all this stuff. Moving to New York City, I was super inspired by the concrete and the subway trains and the, you know, and the bucket drums and yeah. all the things, you know. Yeah. And so I was writing even more and you know, changes of the weather. And I just accumulated all this stuff over time and realized I read enough of this, enough of that to enough pe- the right people to say, you should, you should do something with that. But I didn't really just want to, like, read my poetry. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt boring. So I... I, there's a line in Jelly's Last Jam, which is we're jamming with Jelly tonight. Jelly's Last Jam is the first, and that that song, the theme from the jam, is the first song that I danced to when I first started tap dancing, like the theme song. So I've been holding on to that line. Yeah. We're jamming with Jelly tonight since I was 14. Um, and while I was in Aladdin um, out of town uh, in Seattle, um, my part got cut and there was nothing for me to do. And that line kept hitting me. Um, and then I asked my mom, I was like, did mother used to make jam? She was like, yeah, she did. And I was like, what's mm-hmm. the difference between jelly and jam? Because mm-hmm. that play on words, jamming with mm-hmm. jelly. Um, jelly doesn't, jelly is just like the runoff. Like jam has the seeds and the flesh and the pulp and all that stuff in it, the gunk, you know. Jelly doesn't have any of that stuff. So I was okay. like, oh, if I'm going to be anything, I want to be jam. Yeah. And, you know, the play on words, jam, jam session, jamming, you know, I got, I got a little band together, you know, and like took some of my poetry and like set some of it to music. I had a friend dance to a piece, you know, it was like, I was like, I want to just jam, like get people together, we're jam us all in a room and we're just going to do this jam thing. And a friend was like, oh, that was great. When are you going to do another one of your jams? And I hadn't really thought about doing it again. I just, just wanted to share and over time, it became a thing. Like, I'm doing, Daniel's doing a jam. D. Watts is doing a jam. And it would change themes. But the most recent jam is called Only Child, which was at a point in life, I had been to therapy, I started therapy, and all of my bandmates were spread out. No one was in town. And a friend was like, hey, what are you doing with the jam? And I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to hang it up for a while. And he was like, no, nah, you can't do that. You got to do something. And I was like, well, I don't have anything to say. Sure you do. Oh, well, no one's here. So what I have to do it by myself? Okay. Cool. And it was like those that cocktail was like, oh, I've been in therapy and being an only child and a latchkey kid is like, 
I've learned some things about myself. Oh, mm-hmm. only child. So that's what this most recent jam is about okay. going through. I, I equate going to therapy as inviting a stranger to the attic of your mind and you haven't been there in years. And you start showing them around. You start showing them around, but you don't want to show them everything. You get very specific. You're like, right. I'm looking for this one specific thing. And also that feeling like, let me look in the box first because I, I don't know if there's anything. I don't know what else is in here. So I'm going <laughs> to. Okay, I'll be right safe. back. Okay, you know, can. Yeah. And then you realize if you're really serious about finding whatever that thing is, you have to like turn on the lights and expose it all. And that's terrifying. Yeah. And really, it's not really about that one thing anymore. It's about cleaning up the attic. Mm-hmm. So it's a journey. This jam, Only Child, is a journey through the attic of my mind as I unbox things as you understand it right as now understand it right now yeah um so yeah so and there's uh there's a, a point in the show where i talk about um almost setting my bathroom on fire um it's called and it's a flammable it's called it's called flammable because i was <laughs> i had seen this word in science class so i was in the science mm-hmm. and like I saw the word flammable, and I was like, "That word looks familiar." And I remember seeing <laughs> my it on, pajamas. I remember seeing flammable. I remember seeing it on the rubber cement, oh, and I yeah. take the rubber cement to the bathroom, and it's it doesn't go well. Right. So I got excited when I saw this matchbox. So yes, that's my things. little swag for my sweet friends who come on. But I, I like found it. like I've tried many different things and matches. Everyone can use them. I love it. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to go when I go to restaurants. Yeah. Like I have a whole thing of matchbooks. So it's this the is, best. Well, I'm glad the little known facts. Well, I have a package. gift for you as well. Wait, where is it? I hid it from myself. I'm wrestling again. Here we go. Wow. So so you call yourself D Watts when yeah. you talk about well, yourself. People in car, started in calling me D Watts. Right, right. People started calling me D Watts and I let it stick. Oh. This is really sweet. So I love game. having Things that are um, a useful, like you can wear these, yeah. and b they'll make me think of you. Awesome! I um, love it. I thank have, you. I, I see. That's little me, and this. Uh, so the show is me and my DJ. Wait, so who makes these pins for you? I just had. I can't tell you. No, okay. I I, no, they got. I had them made. They, <laughs> tell me and then kill me. I'll tell you off air. Um, no, they're um, had them made in China. Actually, <laughs> I outsourced because they were less only expensive. because you looked. Everywhere and no one was making them in the U.S. I looked at no one's making them in the U.S. You know what, D. Watts? I bet on Etsy someone will make these for you. They might. But anyway, it was was very quick. I want to ask you something, and you can answer or not answer. Is your father still alive? No, he passed away in '07 of lung cancer. All right. Did he ever see you perform? No. Yes, but not on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not in New York. We we were like estranged for three the three years before he passed. Right. Got a phone call. He was in the hospital with lung cancer. Went home. Two weeks later, he passed away. Do you think about him when you play Ike Turner? Oh, absolutely. There's a definitely connection. You know, yeah. he's he's a huge part of, you know, of the therapy of it all. You know, Ike's father passed away. Ike didn't have his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of questions surrounding me and my father's relationship. So it kind of, I'm, I get to use that, you know, that pain and that understanding, that loss, you know, in the show. So it kind of like helps, you know. I get to use it, you know, which mm-hmm. I think my dad can at least know that his absence actually contributes to the greater Your art. My art and the greater good of it yeah. all. He's definitely in the jam. He's in <laughs> Yeah. He's he's definitely in the jam. He's a central character. He's a central character in the jam. Yeah. yeah. He got himself a starring role. He sure did. Good for him. He surely did. My dad made it to New York. Wow. Yeah. When I see pictures on Instagram of Adrian mm-hmm. uh in her like taking care of her body yeah. in order to play Tina Turner. I am seeing contraptions and like these leg mm-hmm. blankets mm-hmm. Um, and 
and massage things. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? You know, your show's really as a singer, as a dancer, and emotionally yeah. having emotion and acting. It's, it's really hard yeah. to for the stakes to be so high all yeah. the time. This is such a... Uh, First and then the show has six, like it keeps going like it's you think it's over it's still not over <laughs> and then it's a full on insane concert full concert yeah 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 um how do you how are you taking care of yourself we talked a little bit about how you're protecting yourself emotionally yeah um and in a way how great the part is emotionally sure yeah um but how do you physically handle this show i mean it's a full workout before the show you know and when i say full i mean it's it, i have there are these at the calisthenics show? at the theater like yep. these calisthenics that i do that i've been doing since wrestling season yeah in high school um just to get my body ready um therapy like literally that mm-hmm. therapy today yeah <laughs> this morning head um, therapy head therapy yes not um, physical not therapy. physical therapy but Yet. physical therapy <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm walking around in Cuban heels, and that's a new thing for me. Um, you know, so my legs are a little bit like you, I look at all the women in pumps. And I'm like, yeah. I'll do this all now the time. Now it's my turn. Now yeah. it's my turn. Um, but yeah, you know, eating, sleeping. You know, sleeping was a hard thing for a while. Yeah. Just my brain wouldn't shut off. Right. Um, You're figuring out the puzzles never feel solved it never in that feel way. Solved. And yeah, so now I'm I'm now sleeping. And how do cooking. you and Adrian, who are friends, mm-hmm. yet in this play? have to go through really painful things together. Mm-hmm. How do you guys stay connected with each other and your friendship? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we get lunch all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, Are there laughs in the show? Are yeah. there backstage laughs even when Well, you know, what's really weird is that our, she's never off stage. Right, So, right. Uh, you know, and I kind of, I tend to be by myself most of the show, or I mean, most of backstage. I go back upstairs and play guitar, mm-hmm. like, in my breaks. Just the um, way you're... you're your track is. Where my track goes. Yeah. Like I'm with the ensemble um, at the beginning and then I turn into Ike and then it's, I'm just Ike. You're I'm Ike. Just, I'm just Ike. Just um, like Ike. But I had to learn, I had to learn how to joke backstage. That's mm-hmm. the thing I wasn't sure I was allowed to do. Like, right. I have to stay in it and be, you know. Yeah. No. It's, you, you can escape it. I can escape it, yeah. And is the show, it's still a newer run. Are people, sure. uh, pranking each other yet? Is no. It, we haven't a, gotten that far. You okay. know, it's, it's a lot of like, we laugh very hard. We're a very loving company. Like it's everyone. It's like a mandatory. I must hug everybody. Is there a prayer circle before, before prayer a show circle, begins? Before the show, every, every night. Every night. Who leads it? Uh, we swap. You know, it's like who feels like praying today. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's Kayla. Kayla like is 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 the is the first lady and like brings everybody together. You know, says welcome back. You know, we do all those things. Breathe in, breathe in together, and then she asks who wants to wants to pray. So her. And oftentimes the, the kids she's kind of mother it. nature she's mother in nature that way. In that yeah, yeah. And then and she's also another Tina. So it's really good just to have her commanding, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know, she hasn't she hasn't performed as Tina yet, but she yeah, will. She will. Oh, she most certainly will. D Watts. Yo. Um this has been really one of the most fun conversations Thanks. and illuminating. Uh I feel so lucky to have had this time with you. You're so beautiful in this show. Thanks. I cannot wait to see the jam. Please come. All the things and quickly before we go, what's a little known fact about you? Ooh, mm. I didn't see that coming for some reason. Silly. Little known fact. I'm trying to find like a good one, but it's a little known fact that I am a huge never ending story fan. There you go. There you go.
Hey, everyone. New episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday, and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Hey, I am so excited to share some news with you guys. For the last few months, I've been working on another project that I've been calling Little Known Facts 2.0, Stage Network, an incredible new streaming platform which promises to be Netflix for theater lovers, asked me to do Little Known Facts as a filmed series, a talk show, as it were, in front of cameras. And I really thought about it for a long time because the thing that's made this podcast so special is that all of my guests have been able to share deep, intimate truths about their lives because we are in this tiny, comforting, confessional that is the podcast booth. And I really had to think hard, could I still deliver the same kind of intimate, raw, hilarious, and unique interviews if cameras were involved? But I think I figured it out. And I'm so grateful to Stage Network for allowing me to make my dream of sharing incredible friends with you in this whole new way. So I shot six episodes. The first one uh, is with Ben Platt. Other guests include Celia Keenan-Bolger, Zachary Quinto, George Salazar, Nikki M. James, John Slattery, and I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to share them with you. Stage Network really is an amazing place. Not only is it filled with incredible original content, uh, it has licensed so much theater-related content, documentaries and films and all sorts of incredible programming. I feel like I dreamed up a network and someone else created it and here it is. And the fact that I'm involved in even a small way with this incredible, incredible network is just truly an honor. So to that end, uh, to watch all of the content, including Little Known Facts, the series, go to watchstage.com. Enjoy and I hope you like it. Thank you to John Zaytoon, who is the talent coordinator for this episode. Little Known Facts is edited by Nicholas Klar and recorded in New York City.